0: be the perfect Christian, is to know every word to every worship song without them being on the screen. All right, that'd be a good one. Uh, these are myths, right? These are jokes. Uh, we don't know how to be the perfect Christian, only Jesus knows that, and what we are really is little Christ. Did you know that's what you are? That if you follow Jesus, if you say you're a Christ follower, Christian means little Christ. And to me, it seems like it's a big responsibility, but the reality is that what Todd was talking about in his prayer is what we really want to think about today, and that that is, in order to be little Christ, in order to be uh, the Christ follower that Jesus wants us to be, it really is about us surrendering because we can't do it. You, you realize it's, we're incapable of doing it. That's why we need Jesus. If we were able to do it, we wouldn't need Jesus. And so um, one of our biggest problems in life, especially as Americans, is we are very self-sustaining. And so we can figure out ways to do stuff really well on our own, um, and and we kind of need God once in a while. It's like a cosmic ATM, right? We use the we stick the card in the in the ATM and, and we pull it out and we say, "God, I need you now because this one's really really big." But like during the week and when normal things are going on, it's like, "Oh, I'm good, God. I got you right here. You just you do whatever else you need to do." And and really, it's about surrender. And so I want to talk to you about that today because even like doing what we did right here with Isabel, um, that's very uh, comfortable for me now but it wasn't comfortable for me many, many years ago. Um, it took a lot of stretching. It took me coming out of my comfort zone because uh, what happened was, I, I really, when I say what happened was, I think, what happened was, um, is, are y'all uptight this morning? Come on, let's just really, really relax. I like to laugh a lot. Um, and so what, what had happened is, is I didn't play guitar for most of my life leading up to about 23 years of my life. i Messed around on it, but I really didn't play it. And, uh, and so I went to a church in Alabama, and they asked me if I could come and, and do something you know, musically with them and, and work with their teenagers. And, and, of course, I said yes, because my dad always taught me I could do anything. And my mom actually believed it, um, and she just really made me convinced I could do just about anything. And so I would usually say yes, whether I could do it or not. And so when I got there uh, to that church, they were trying know To get started, and it was uh, much like this setting right here and and uh, the only person that played any kind of instrument was a was a piano player, and she was really not good at all and so and I say that in love, um, but but she just wasn 't that good and so i decided well i've got to learn to play the guitar if this is going to work out, and then we can just both me and the piano player can be both bad together and so um, so we did that, worked on that, but my point in that is that that God. Usually stretches us to more than we are able to do. And when God does that, what it really helps us understand is that it's Him. And I'm having to go through that myself right now. I'm telling you, I, I pastor a church in Beaumont, and we've seen some incredible things in the last uh, few years. The church is uh, almost seven years old. In September, we'll celebrate our seventh birthday, and we make a big deal about that. Uh, but there's a lot of challenges in this church. It's in a an economic area that is depressed. It's in a very diverse area. Thankfully, our church looks like our community, so we're about, um, about f- probably 45% uh, white, about 40 to 45% um, African American, and then we have uh, an Asian group. We have uh, a few Hispanics, and we're very diverse. Um, and uh, that's an exciting thing to be, but it's also a very challenging thing to be. I've had a challenge this week with that. Uh, that you don't think about unless you're involved in that. Um, We're in a, like I said, economically depressed area, and so finances are really tough when you're trying to do things for God. A lot of times you need finances. And, And so the things that I'm talking about today, I think everybody should have to be a preacher at some point so that you can deal with the things that you're preaching about because that's usually what you're preaching about, and God is showing you over and over again what it is that he's trying to teach you, and because he's teaching you things, it just happens to... To help other people, but really today, if you get anything or not, it's really not a big matter to me because I'm God's teaching me a whole lot this week that I needed to be reminded of, and so uh, I hope that this helps you some. I have uh, have something I want to give you, and uh, don't say I never gave you anything. Um, You're getting excited now, right? You're like, oh, he's gonna give us some candy or money or something. No, just a rubber band. Uh, So. I'm going to get these folks to help me. Everybody's going to go home with a rubber band today, and I would, I would encourage you, challenge you uh, to wear it. Uh, I, have, I have it on my wrist today, and it reminds me of what I'm going to talk to you about today. Um, here's how God is stretching me, and I, and I go along with some notes. If you have a note thing in your, in your phone, um, maybe you want to write some notes down there. I've got some stuff I want to show you on the screen. Uh, if you have pen and paper, you know, welcome to 1995. You can write down some things, uh, whatever. But uh, you retain more that you write down than what you hear. And so I would encourage you to possibly write some things down today because I believe it'll help you. Here's how God is stretching me. So we are a church at North Point. We love God and serve all. That's who we are. And how we live that out is through five different things, through worship, uh, through discipleship, through fellowship, hanging out with each other, table fellowship. Um, uh, Fellowship is also sharing. We also uh, live that out through serving. And then we also live that out through giving, giving our resources and also giving our faith. So who we are and how we live. We love God, we serve all. And how we live is worship, discipleship, uh, fellowship, serving, and giving. And then uh, this past year, we added to this thought is that also not only who we are and how we live, but what we're about. And so this has been a year of vision for us. And I'm sharing this with you today because I believe some of this stuff could, could really help you. Todd and I talked several months back about us coming and and I wanted to hang out with Isabel and, and her place of worship, and, and uh, we talked about uh, sharing with you, and and uh, and this idea of becoming what God wants us to be. This whole idea of becoming this Christian um, in the stretch is where a lot of that happens. And so, who we're about, like what we're about, is what God showed me these vision values, and I want to share them with you real quick, and just so you can read along, kind of get a heart, uh, get a piece of what my heart is about. Um, these are what we've been working through, and and right now today. Um, we're in the middle of that back home, uh, but I've preached on these three things the last three Sundays. To reach people no one is reaching, we'll have to do things no one is doing, and, and we do that at, at North Point. We, um, we try to challenge ourselves to do that. Number two, we're spiritual contributors, not spiritual consumers. The church does not exist for us. We are the church, and we exist for the world, and that's a big deal um, about Uh, contributor versus consumer. Most everything we do in our lives in America is about consumption instead of contribution. And so that one has really stretched me. Number three will lead the way with irrational generosity. We truly believe it's more blessed to give than to receive. Last week, about 40 people uh, answered a a challenge through a card about percentage giving. and, And if you're not used to giving your money away, which a lot of people aren't, uh, it's kind of crazy. It's irrational. It doesn't make sense. Why would I work so hard for all my money and give some of it away? And, uh, and what God teaches us is that it's more blessed to give than to receive. And how many people know it's good to receive, right? Sometimes we read that and we think it's bad to receive. No, it's really good to receive. But it's even more blessed to give than even to receive. And so that's what we talked about. Today, back home, uh, my executive pastor, she's teaching on we will laugh hard, loud, and often. Nothing's more fun than serving God with people you love. Uh, you should tune into our podcast sometime this week and just hear her laugh because it's contagious. Uh, number five, we're not trying to become a mega church. We're a community church with a mega vision. And God has been showing, I mean, really stretching me with that thought. Number six, we'll give up the things we love for the things we love even more. It's not equal give, uh, equal. Giving but equals sacrifice, and we consider it an honor to sacrifice for Christ. When we, when we stretch ourselves for God, it is not a challenge for us. It is an honor for us. And then the last one is the biggest one, and I'm, I'm super excited. I'll be preaching about this in a few weeks. Uh, we're faith-filled, big-thinking, bet-the-farm risk-takers. We'll never insult God with small thinking and safe living. I grew up in a home where we said things like this, even if we weren't convinced that that's how we thought yet. Because we've, we, my dad taught me that we figure out what is best in life. To love God with everything that we have is what's best in life. We talk more about what's best more than just what's right and wrong. Um, and, and we understood what's right and wrong by living out what is best. And so this, I believe, is one of the best ways that we can live as Christ followers is that we're not going to insult God with small thinking and safe living. And I'm just convinced that the church in America is full of safe living and small thinking. And God wants us to reach beyond that. Well, how do we do that? How do we bet the farm in our our walk with God? And I really believe it's in the stretch. And I'll talk to you about that word for the next few minutes. I'm going to try to hurry up because I don't know how long y'all go, but it's probably like close to getting time to be done. So um, I preach a long time sometimes. So anyway, um, here's what I believe. God is continually trying to build our faith through his vision for our life. And his vision for your life is way bigger than you could ever imagine but you have to trust that God knows best. I know we say it, but we have to be convinced that he truly does know best. Do you realize he's, a, he's been around a lot longer than you, right? And, and even, if, even if you feel really old, some days I feel really old, but God has been around way longer. He's got a track record. We sing a song that he's done it before. He'll do it again. He's that kind of God. And so God knows what's best. And so he's trying to build our faith to us understanding that we have a vision that he gives us for our lives. And, it's, and I believe it's in the stretch. Uh, I love memes, and, um, and so I want to show you a few that, that have to do Yeah, this is one of my favorite, little downward dog, more to stretch. Anybody do that? Yeah, I bet you don't look that cute. Uh, the next one's really, really great. Uh, this is when you've been watching Netflix for six straight hours and you need to stretch. <laughs> you don't really want to get up, but you go ahead and just stretch those legs, right? And then you catch a cramp. Uh, Stretchy Pants, best with Thanksgiving feasts. Oh, what a a great movie. This one's great. I tried on these jeans. I didn't think they were stretchy jeans, but they stretched. And her husband says, maybe they had no choice. (laughs) Been there. Now, this one right here, I mean, go ahead. You say, oh, isn't that great? Here's Here's what I think of. If you just bring up the word stretch, most people in their minds would think, man, a stretch feels good, you know? I have this thing where when we're dri- driving a long ways in the truck, especially when my kids were, were smaller, and they're in the back seat, and <laughs> Liza's already laughing, uh, and, and they'll be like, got their headphones on, or they'll be just in the zone. You know how you've been driving for like ever, and, and, uh, and I just start to stretch, and when I stretch, I just get this big old, Argh! you know what I mean? And, and like all the kids are like, oh, freaking out, what's going on? And, and, uh, but it feels so good, right? I mean, I mean, am, am I? Are you with me? Like, does stretching normally feel good? And, like, these are kind of the faces that we make. Oh, you know, uh, the other morning I remember waking up and, and I was stretching like that. And Shannon, she, sometimes she treats me like like I, my son Isaiah when he was two. And I'm like stretching. She goes, "Oh, you should sure stretch it. you stretch a little bit." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I think I'm still your husband, not your son. And uh, anyway, so you know what I mean? Like like stretching usually feels really good, but when it comes to our walk with God. This is what I, I think that this is where we get into like this middle ground. And, and what I tell people is, you know, Todd and Holly, they have little, little kids, right? If, if, if we put your kid up here, Todd, and, and as, as beautiful as your little girl is, if, if she looked exactly the same next year on July 28th as she looks right now, if her body had not changed at all, if her looks had not changed at all, if nothing had changed about her, I bet you that you would probably take her to the doctor because you would think that there's something wrong with her. Now, you look at her right now, and you say, oh, she's so cute, you know, oh, she's stretchy, And you know what I mean? And, and like, like that's, that's the way it's supposed to be. But if, if, if that person, whoever it is, stayed that way, we would think something is wrong, right? But when it comes to our spiritual walk, We don't always think that way. Like we're just satisfied to just barely make it through. And if we feel like we've made an accomplishment in our spiritual walk with God and and following Jesus, that we feel like, you know, I'm just just good to make it another day, and hopefully I, I feel like I do right now, a year from now. Instead of thinking, no, God has bigger things for me, he's stretching me so that I grow. And as I grow, then I become more like him. As I become more like him, I understand what's best in my life. And so I want to say to you to think about that God is stretching you, that he wants you to stretch. Now, here's the deal. God is a gentleman. God, unlike what you, if you grew up in church like I did, and sometimes when I was a kid, man, there was nothing about God that was communicated to me as a gentleman, right? He kind of was a clenched fist kind of God, and, and you know, some of the things that, that if, if they could scare the hell out of me, then I would not go to hell, right? That kind of thing. Is that okay to say? Uh, that, you know, that's what I was kind of convinced of. And so, But what I've learned, not from someone else teaching me, but my own relationship with God. Like I walk with God every day. And I don't do everything right every day, but what I do is try to fix my eyes on Jesus. And, and, and as I do, I grow. I've, I do things like reading his word because this is the best way to get to know him. And what I've, what I've realized is that he's a gentleman, and so he wants what's best for me, but he is not going to force what's best for me. He's going to allow me to make a decision. He's going to allow me to make a decision to just stretch out a little bit. He's going to allow me to make it. You know, when I picked up that guitar, sorry, uh, can't have anything nice. When I picked up that guitar many years ago when it wasn't that guitar, it wasn't it was it was a bad guitar because it didn't stay in tune. And when I picked up that guitar, it wasn't like I said, okay God, you know it's best for me to learn to play guitar, so here we go. And I just start playing. No, it was hard, man. You talk about the stretch. The stretch was my fingers just hurt all the time. And I would play, I learned by rote, rotation, just rote over and over again. I learned three chords. I play them every day, all day. When I was sitting in my office, I'd just be kind of doing this, getting my fingers ready. I had muscle memory, and that's what I would do. And, 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 and that's how it is in our walk with God. God wants to stretch you because here's why I gave you a rubber band. A rubber band is useless unless it's stretched. And what I want you to think about for your life is what, What are you doing? Right? That sounds like a parent. What are you doing? Like, many of us want to live like this, but not really have any impact. Because if we live like this, we're not doing what we were intended to do. The rubber band does not fulfill its purpose unless it is stretched. What can you do with a rubber band unless it's stretched? I would say nothing. And what I feel like God has taught me is that that I want to know that for my own life. I want to fulfill my purpose through the vision that God has given me that he has for my life. It's not all the same for everybody, but but the bottom line is that God wants you to love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's for everybody. And once you start to know that and you start to walk in it and then you feel a little bit more... uh, you know, adventurous in your stretch and you start stretching more and you start saying, man, I, I feel like my purpose of loving God is really coming into focus for me. And then all of a sudden God says, well, I want to stretch you a little bit more because I have a vision for your life. And so all of a sudden I do things like I stretch to catch what vision God is sending my way, right? And so if, if Eliza is, is handing me this, this uh, bottle right here, come here, Eliza. She loves when I bring her up, in my way, if I'm trying to put this rubber band around the bottle, then I want I to stretch to make it what I'm supposed to do, whether it's this or anything else. I know it's a stupid illustration, but as she's coming my way, if I'm stretching ready to put the rubber band around, there's no reason to do this, but, but what if there was? And so there may be other kind of things that God's wanting you to stretch to catch the vision that God has for you. It's in the stretch where you start realizing what it is that God wants you to do. That's, what it's, that's why it's called faith, because If it was just doing and and being, then, then it would just be boring. And there's times to just be. There's times to do. But there's also times to just open our eyes and say, God, I'm tired of me being in control. I want to stretch to catch the vision that you have for my life. I wrote this down stretch with courage to step out from a secure place to an insecure place. Man, we live in a society that teaches us that we have to be secure. And 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 I understand that. Like I I try to provide for my family, and that's security, and I want to be secure in my mental state. I want to be secure in my emotions, but when it comes to faith, man, there is this outer realm of insecurity, and the reason it is so important is because that's where God stretches us, and that's where he moves in us. That's where he grows us. Listen, rarely are we growing when we're not being stretched. Rarely. And the problem for us is that many times we're not in control. And so if we're not in control, we don't like it. And so we don't want to be in the stretch because the stretch is a place of no control for us. And that's the conflict of faith. That's the conflict of walking with Jesus is that he says, look, I love to be in your life. I want to be a part of you, but I just, I got to have some surrender because if you're going to be in control, there's really no need for me. And so God is saying, now, if if I'm going to, control, then there's going to be some stretching. There's going to be some some elements of, of being uncomfortable, a lot of them. Here's what rubber band faith is. Rubber band faith is trusting God in moments of stress, in tension, and in discomfort. It's when we're being stretched is when our faith is starting to do something. It's when our faith starts becoming trust You know, I could could get my kid up here and I could tell him, okay, Isabel, I I just want you to fall back into my arms, right? And I promise you that she would do it. I'm not going to put her on the spot right now, but I promise you she would do it. Because she not only has faith in me, we have been, you know, I've been her dad for a long time. And she not only has faith that I would catch her, but she trusts me. And God is saying, look, I'm not stretching you to be mean. I'm not stretching you because you need to be a little loose here and there. I'm not stretching you because your muscles are tight. I'm stretching you so that you will trust me. Because there's been a lot of people long before you ever came who trusted me, and I was able to do great things through them. And yet sometimes we back off from God, and we're like, okay, God, I know you're the God of the universe. I know you're really big, and you can do great things. But and we throw those big old butts in there, right? And, and you know, I know we're supposed to like big butts and not lie about it, but but I'm sorry, that's inappropriate, sorry, uh, but we throw those big butts out there, right, and we say, "I know God, I know you you opened the red sea, I know that you you healed somebody, I know that you." You helped a kid who couldn't learn well to start learning. I know you've done those things, but my situation, man, I've, if I don't have a little control, I'm just going to lose my mind up in here, right? And, and I, I know that you're God, but I'm also really a control freak. So, and not even everybody knows it, but in my heart, I want to control things. Like, that's the fight. And rubber band faith is trusting God in the moments of stress, in the moments of tension, in the moments of discomfort. Here's what I think. And when I wonder, because this is for me too, I'm this way. Why do I fight those moments of stress and tension and discomfort? Because I've lived long enough to know that those are the moments when I grow the most. I have had a stressful week. When I get stressed, I have massive headaches. Um, I, I, I'm a big enough guy as it is now. I used to be really large and in charge, and I've lost some weight um, i like to tell a story, Todd. One time, uh, my, uh, which, which kid? Oh, Alana always said that I was strong. And she used to say, Daddy's strong. Daddy's strong. And I used to think, oh, that's pretty cool. She thinks Daddy's strong, right? And then they were playing at the playground one day, and there was this really cute little chubby girl who was super chubby. And Alana looks at Shannon and says, she's strong. <laughs> and then I realized, oh, that's what strong means to Alana. And so, uh, but but like, I, I've had high blood pressure. I've lost a lot of weight. And, and so I try to stay a little bit healthy. and uh, But I love Cheez-Its too much. And so I, I get stressed. I get headaches. The, my blood pressure increases. Like, like I allow myself to be controlled by these things that I think I've got control over anyway, which I don't. And I let those things come in. And maybe you're like me, and you get overly stressed. And then we want those times to go away, but the reality is if God's trying to teach me something, if he's trying to stretch me, and and I've told him he's in control of my life, and I want to release that, and I want to let it go, and I want to, you know, do the whole frozen thing, let it go, and and do it really, like, like really trust God, why do I want those teachable moments to leave my life? You ever looked into a valley? A valley is the greenest part of the whole land. The mountaintop, there's not a lot of growth that happens on the mountaintop. The growth happens in the valley. The growth happens in the struggle. The growth happens in the stretch. Here's what's funny, too. This band, it doesn't get any bigger. Like, it looks like it's getting bigger. But the reality is it's just being stretched to what its capacity is. Like, this is not how big the rubber band is. You understand what I mean, right? This is how big the rubber band is. And so it's being stretched to the capacity that needs to be stretched to do what it was created to do. And so God wants us to understand that for us, that God is just taking us to a new limit and a new limit, and he's showing you you can stretch here, you can stretch there. When I first started playing guitar, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is going to kill my fingers. How can I? But then I'm thinking, wait a minute. There's millions of people who play a guitar. Why would my fingers be the only one that couldn't play the guitar, right? I mean, how silly does that really sound? I've taught guitar for many years, and kids go, oh, I just can't do it, Mr. Freddy. I can't do it. My fingers won't do that. I'm like, well, of course they won't do it the first time, right? But we teach, and we stretch, and we learn, and then it grows, and then the first time I was going to play a bar chord, if you don't know what that is, you're taking your whole finger here, and you're pushing down all six strings, and, and I mean, I'm, I'm trying to play a bar chord, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I thought the other thing was hard. That was a new stretch, a new limit. God wants to take us into new limits and new stretches to see how much he's created us for. You know, there are studies that say we, we use only between 5 and 10% of our actual brain power. What, what if God allowed us to open ourselves up? Because if we only use that much of our brain, think about how much of our emotions that we don't use or the other things that God's created us with that we can really impact people with. What if we open ourselves up and say, God, you stretch me to what you want me to do. I don't want to be comfortable anymore. I want to be beyond comfort, and I want to be in what you want me to be in. Do you realize that every person... You can challenge me on this if you want to, but I've, I've, I've really studied this out, and every person God used in Scripture had rubber band faith that was stretched. Like, that's where we learn from other people's stories, right? I mean, if we had those people here now, and, and we want to talk about one of the stories of the Bible, they, some of them might go, I don't want to tell that story again. That was tough. But we celebrate those stories. Because it's in those stories that we begin to see that God stretched somebody else, and we'd much rather hear about God stretching somebody else than stretching us, right? So every person in the Bible God used had rubber band faith that was stretched. When I think about that, you know, I think about a rubber band is really not a threat. But you realize a rubber band can even become a weapon, right? I mean, if I went down here to Xavier and started doing a little little bap-bap right there, that becomes a little weapon, right? And and when we see people that had rubber band faith that was stretched, all of a sudden they became an influencer. They became powerful in what God was teaching them through the stretch. It's like it's like you know going into a a restaurant or, or or a bar, maybe playing pool, whatever. And, and you know somebody gets a little loud, and they get brave, and they start talking about somebody. And, and there's this dude over there at the bar, and they and and you know he doesn't look very intimidating sitting at the bar. And they start like getting all big and proud, and they think they're going to say something. All of a sudden, dude stands up, and he's six nine and about three hundred pounds, right? Sitting there, he doesn't look like much of a threat. But all of a sudden, you're like, oh, I need to put my foot in my mouth. I got to back up because this dude's going to crush me, right? And in our faith that is stretched and our rubber band faith that is stretched and the people of the Bible that were stretched through their faith, this is what happened. They became something of significance, not significance in saying, oh, I have ego now. I can be proud of who I am. It was significance in the kingdom of God. It was enough to where people wrote about it that you and I have it in a book. Thousands and thousands of years later, it made that kind of impact. I believe that God has created you to have some kind of impact that's going to be that meaningful for somebody else in their life. I believe it. You matter in God's kingdom. You matter. In those moments, sometimes you face criticism. Sometimes you face discouragement. People say, oh, I knew he wouldn't make it. When Shannon and I got married, we were uh, uh, really, really young and dumb, and it was great because she wasn't smart enough to know that she probably shouldn't be with me. You know, I, was, I went ahead and got her uh, quickly, and I snatched her up because I didn't want her to come to her senses. And so I met her, uh, started dating, got engaged in a couple of months, got married within several months after that. As soon as she graduated high school, we were married, and I'm like, she can't turn back now. And, uh, and so I, I snatched her up before she came to her senses. And there were people in our life that we respected greatly who said to us, you're way too young to get married. They also said things like, man, you're never going to make it. I mean, people who called themselves like Jesus followers told us that. And I'm like, well, wait, wait. I thought you were supposed to encourage me, right? I was 20 years old. I was in college. I know I had a lot ahead of me. I know there was challenges. But we've been married like a really, really long time now, 26 years. And it's been really tough. But it's been really great. And there's been a lot of this. And in the stress and in the tension, we often face criticism. We often face discouragement. But I'm going to tell you, just like David did, encourage yourself in the Lord. You can tell yourself, be reminded, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and forget not all the benefits that it comes comes with following Jesus. That's how we can encourage our own soul. You, You need to maybe surround yourself with some different people. Who are the five people that you're closest to? Are those people stretching you? When you go to them, do they just complain more? Is it a complain fest? Maybe not only you need to encourage yourself, but you need to surround yourself with people who are going to encourage you in the stretch. I always tell people, I was a youth pastor for a long time, and I used to always tell my my teenagers, you show me your five closest friends, and I'll show you your future. And it doesn't change at all once we get a little bit older. You shouldn't be the smartest person in your circle. You should want to stretch. I love to see my kids stretched. Isabel's been stretched here for a year, man. And I appreciate everybody who's invested in her life. But it's really tough. And some of you who are parents know what I'm talking about. It's tough watching your kids be stretched. Because I'm not the, uh, I'm not the helicopter parent, right? I'm the, like, kick them in the rear end and see how far they walk a little bit. But I, But I... I have a lot of love and a lot of support for my kids, but I want to watch them stretch. I don't want to catch them every time they fall. And so now that they're becoming adults, I'm watching them do adult things, and, and, and not all of it's right every single time. But I'm learning that if I'm going to believe this for myself, i got to believe it for my kids. i got to believe it for the people that I love. And I don't want them always playing safe. I don't want them always just living life with small thinking or safe living. When God called me, and I'm almost done, I just want to tell you a couple of stories real quick, but when God called me to, to do this thing that I do for him now, I didn't know what it was called and all that. I didn't know I'd be a preacher one day. Pre- preachers I knew, I didn't want to be anything like them, so I was, never thought I was going to be a preacher. But, um, you know, there was times in my life where we'd moved to different states, and, People would ask me if I could do something. I remember I told you I, my mom always believed I could do anything, so they asked me if I could do something. I always said yes, and rarely could I actually do it, so I would just learn it. I remember the first time I took over a youth group that was really big in Pennsylvania, and the dude was like, you know, we have got this youth group and this whatever. we um, have got a lot of resources. You think you can handle it? I'm like, yeah. And in my mind, I'm going, I don't know if I can handle this really, but this is what I've been taught. I mean, my parents... They, they did some really good things for me in teaching me that, that I need to learn to stretch. Having kids and watching them go through things. You know, a few years, well, when Isabel was born, she was born with a deformity in one of her legs, and that was a stretch for me, man. That was a big stretch when one of my, my youngest daughter was in an accident, nearly killed her, and that was a really big stretch for us. But all I know that God is the same God for everybody, he's no respecter of persons. So if he's done it once, he can do it again, and he can love like no one else can love. And he, in his stretch, he's loving me. Here's how I want to tell you a little Bible. There's a story of a guy named Elisha, and this was a weird story. And I love when the Bible just says weird stuff, right? Let me read this to you. Second Kings, Elisha had seen God move said, then he lay down on the child's body, placing his mouth on the child's mouth. His eyes were on the child's eyes, and his hands were on the child's hands. His child was basically dead. And Elisha prayed to the God who he had prayed to before, who had done amazing things before. And this is the story of that. And it says he stretched out on him. The child's body began to grow warm again. Elisha got up. He walked back and forth. He's pacing around. He's like, okay, God, you got to come through. I'm doing some really weird things. You've told me what to do. And so this is my version of this. And, and you know, I'm, I'm pacing around, so I walked back and forth, crossed the room once, and then he stretched himself out again over the boy on the child. This time the boy sneezed seven times. Why does the Bible say stuff like that? But it said he sneezed seven times. Imagine, first of all, Elisha's doing some really weird stuff. He's putting his head on the kid's head. He says his eyes are on his eyes. You know, what are these people saying? Like, you know, what is this guy doing, right? And but he was a prophet of God. He was respected. And so he did these things. And you imagine he's right in his kid's face. He's believing God big. He stretched out over him. And the kid sneezes seven times in his face. He's like, well, you know, you're not even thankful at all. I'm trying to help you. You sneeze in my face. And, and this is what he did. He stretched out over him. This was a story of stretching. God told Elisha to physically stretch out over this boy. And he did. He obeyed God, even when it looked ridiculous. Even when other people say, what are you doing, man? And Elisha was confident that he was stretching. There's another story where Jesus was walking through a big crowd, and there was a a guy, like there often was, was, that was crippled. And it said one hand was normal, and then the other hand was kind of shriveled up. And in Matthew 12, 13, it says, Then he said to the man, Jesus said to the man, hold out your hand. And so the man stretched out his hand, and it was restored just like the other one. I love that it gives the detail. In other words, the one hand was was fine, was perfect. The other hand was not, was something wrong with it. Jesus told him, stretch out your hand. Jesus didn't just make it well on its own. He said to do something. And so he obeyed, like just like Elisha obeyed by laying on this kid. And he saw out of, through the stretch that God did something. This man had his hand all shriveled up. And Jesus said, stretch the hand out. And so the man, like, what has he got to lose, right? And so he opens his hand and he stretches. And you imagine what he's thinking. Oh, my God, what is this happening right now? I mean, he had not had use of this hand and all of a sudden the hand was like the other hand. When did that happen? It happened in the stretch the man had to believe that this guy that everybody was talking about that was walking through the streets who was speaking things nobody had been speaking before they had heard all these teachings from all these people about religious stuff and here this guy was saying i know you've heard this but i'm gonna take it a step farther and love people to hate you and, and and be kind to people who are persecuting you those are the kind of things he was talking about and man if, if this guy is really who he says he is if he tells me to stretch my hand out i'm gonna stretch There was one other time in the Bible, I remember when I think about stretch, where this guy Moses was leading his people, and and as he was leading his people, God told him to stretch out his hand over the water, and it would split this sea, and and as he was doing it, the Bible tells us real quickly that, that his arms got tired. Xavier, come here. His arms got tired, and so here Moses, this is Xavier Moses, and he was holding his arms out like this. And and Xavier's really strong, so he could hold out for 30 minutes. We're not going to wait for him to get tired, like he's already tired. And his arms are starting to fall. And guess what happened? A guy named Aaron comes in, and he puts his arms under his other arm. And he goes, I got you, Moses. You keep stretching, man. Maybe this stretch is not for me, but maybe I'm here to help you stretch. You listen to God. We'll stretch together. I mean, is God speaking to you in any of this? Is God telling you, man, if it may look ridiculous, you still need to learn to stretch? If you feel helpless and hopeless and you feel like you're all messed up and your hand is all shriveled emotionally, spiritually, mentally, that God is saying stretch it out because it's in the stretch that God's going to make you whole like you already have a piece of you that's whole. And maybe God is saying to you, maybe you need to get different people around you that in your stretch, you're going to have somebody come up behind you and love you and support you. And maybe you need to do that for somebody else. Maybe you need to quit looking at them and say, Well, what are they doing? They're a fool. Why do they get their hands up like that? That's what we do. We go to complaining and and, and all that instead of saying, Man, let me just come alongside of them. I mean, it's a little easier, right, Xavier? It's a little easier once somebody's helping you. Can I just tell you that the greatest example of stretch ever is when Jesus stretched his arms out on a cross? I mean, that's the ultimate example. The band's gonna come back up, and as we close out today, we're going to sing a song for you that I want you to listen to. We worship through participation. We also worship through listening. I want you to listen. The Lord gave Eliza these words some time ago, and, and it's the confession song of God. I'm sorry that it's taken me a long time to realize that you want to speak into my life, and I struggle with surrender. I struggle with control. Listen, there is no other topic that so many people can relate than when we talk control and surrender. Because we all fight it, man. doesn't matter how outgoing you are or reserved you are. doesn't matter if you're, you know, you've got a lot of stuff or you don't have much stuff. We all struggle with control. And God is saying, look, I want you to realize that it's because I love you. I'm your daddy. I'm your Abba. I care about you. I want what's best for you. And so I want you to grow in the stretch. We need to listen to these words today. See if you connect with them today. I want you to be reminded that God is teaching you something and he wants you to get to the point where you say, man, I know that this is tough, but just like we said at the beginning, you know, maybe I learned to allow it to feel good because I'm relating to God and saying, I know this is you, God. I know that you are doing something in me, through me, for me, and for others. Embrace the stretch by surrender. That's my word for you today.